I love getting to our house and seeing you good people on Sunday morning. Uh, I get here and I drink a little coffee, I eat a little bite, then I wander around the building and I see smiling faces and I get a hug or two and several handshakes and then even a fist bump or I'm not sure about that one, but okay. But it's just so nice to be a part of a family. Uh, and this is a family. This is our King's Grand Baptist Church family. And so thank you for being here. I want to ask you a very important question. How many of you wanted to stay in bed this morning? Yes. All right. <laughs> Pastor Don confesses. <laughs> I love coming to church. I just got through saying that, didn't I? Now, be sure and pay attention to what I've already said, because when I rolled over and realized it was raining and 40 degrees, y'all realize this is Virginia snow, right? And I hate it, but God is good, and we are blessed all the time. Thank you very much. He certainly is, and I love the smiling faces. I love the worship. I love the music. And I love the opportunity to sit here before you with God's word and with prayer and with your good attention. Now, remember I said that. Good attention. Now, Belinda told me she was up until 2 o'clock this morning. Now, see, I don't usually... I'm sorry, Belinda. I love you, really. <laughs> but I told her she can't go to sleep during when I'm talking here. And I don't think that she... She would. Now, part of what I love about God's work, and it has been happening to me over and over and over, and it happened this morning, and I'm going to tell you a story of it happening 30-plus years ago because we're going to look at the book of Haggai. Now, Teresa's already told you it's back in the, right at the back of the Old Testament, if you had never seen it. It's right there between Zechariah and Zephaniah. And you can go to Malachi and back up a little bit to Zechariah. And if you get to Zephaniah, you've gone too far. You just skipped over this long book called Haggai. It's all of two pages, two chapters. And Teresa told me that she's already studying Haggai, that she's in a Bible study, and she was so excited that the Lord had put this in front of her for her to read very nicely for our scripture reading this morning. Now, you understand that for all of us, God usually repeats things to us. So uh, that was a blessing for, I mean, she was thrilled that we were in Haggai. And I am too because of the story I'm about to tell you. Because I have seen over and over and over and over over the years of my Christian commitment and ministry, that God just does unusual things to show us things that we need to see, know, believe, act on, feel, all of those sorts of things. This story goes back to 1992. Now, from 81 to 93, uh, I, most of you have heard me say this, I refer to it often because it was an amazing, blessed time of my life. 
we ran the ministry down in the beachfront here in Virginia Beach at a place called Partners Lodge, something that the Lord allowed us to start and run for 12, 13 years. It was just an amazing time. But in 91, 92, things were sort of changing. We were in a bit of a quandary because we had had basically free reign to, to minister in the beachfront. We did concerts on the boardwalk. We did concerts in the campgrounds. We did worship services every Sunday morning. I absolutely loved it, and I still miss it. But things were changing. The city had decided they were going to make money out of concerts on the beachfront, and they started pushing us to the side because we were a Christian ministry. We'd been doing it for, for free and reaching this tons of people for which I was so thankful. And so in the midst of the quandary, we were praying and we were thinking and we were seeking whatever God might show us and tell us. And we had a young lady. I would say she was about 22 years old at the time. Her first name was Jody, and that's the only name I'll give you because... But a beautiful young lady who had struggled, as in all of us, she had been sinful, no condemnation there. However, she had had a child, was not married. And the beautiful thing was, through our ministry, she had come to us, and more than that, she had come to an absolute belief and knowledge and commitment to Jesus Christ. And now she was an active, involved part of our ministry team. And growing. Yes, still struggling, as most of us do, but growing. And we had a Bible study every Thursday night. And we were in Bible study, and in the midst of this sort of changing atmosphere of our ministry, we were praying, we were talking about it. And this young lady, brand new Christian, said, Don, can I just talk for a minute? And I said, sure. And she introduced our whole group to Haggai. Now, had I read Haggai? Yeah, because I'd read the Bible all the way through, yes. Had I paid much attention to Haggai? No. <laughs> because, you know, two pages. Blip, blip, I just probably read through it real quickly and turned on to Zachariah, right after it. Well, Jody said, I want to talk about Haggai, particularly this first chapter of Haggai. She said, we need to pay attention to that. And as we go through what I'm going to teach you, hopefully today, remind me and you of related to the book of Haggai, I think you will see why Jody and now all of our ministry team was excited to see that God was speaking to me as a director and to all of us about obedience, about commitment, about listening carefully to what God says. Because the book of Haggai, over and over and over, it says, the Lord Almighty says, God says, this is what God says. You remember two or three weeks ago, I talked to you about God speaking to his people. Well, here it is over and over and over in the book of Haggai. And so I am thankful because I go back to that night in Partners Lodge down in the beachfront back in 92 probably. Uh, 
And this young lady who really didn't know much about it, she knew the Lord. But sometimes I love people that don't know much about it and they discover something and they say to an old guy like me, well, I wasn't quite that old then, but <laughs> that we need to pay attention to that. Well, I want you to know, as are many places for which I'm thankful, particularly the first chapter of Haggai and then this beautiful section in verses 6 through 9 in the second chapter, have become a guidepost for me. Because every time I get a little sense of what Don ought to do or should do or, hey, here's the word, wants to do, then I pay attention to Haggai because Haggai says, this is what God says. <laughs> now, I want to tell you that everybody in here, myself included, you have personal preferences. You have things you want to spend your time with. You have spiritual things you want to spend. You have church things you want to spend your time. You have Bible study you want to spend your time with. And some of that is really good. But if all you or I are doing is paying attention to our personal preferences for worship, for Bible study, for sermons, for church, for building... I'm sorry, that's not what Haggai's first chapter says because it says, listen, you've got to get away from that and you've got to pay attention to what Almighty God says. And so that's the theme. And I want to go back to Jody, this young lady, what's that, 31, 32 years ago and thank the Lord for her willingness to say to all of us and now to you folks sitting here in King's Grant, Pay attention to what the Lord says, and we find it in the book of Haggai. So if you want to do a Bible study this morning, that's what we're going to do. And so if you'll get your Bible or get a Bible, we're going to look at Haggai. Now, Teresa told you where it was, and I've told you where it was. Does everybody know where Haggai is? Somebody tell me real quickly. Nell's got it, right? Remember, now, y'all behave back there, okay? <laughs> I love being a family. Haggai, first chapter. Let's look at it. It says, and I'm just going to go through it and make comments, and I want you to follow along, because it says, in the second year of King Darius on the first day of the sixth month. Now, what's the date of this, folks? Now, you can't figure it out from that. But from people that know a lot more about it than I do, that is 520 B.C. Now, let me give you some background. Now, you remember that we've already talked about Nehemiah and rebuilding the walls, and he rebuilt the walls in 444 B.C. So this is about, what would that be, 80 years prior to the rebuilding of the walls. But this whole experience in Haggai takes place because of and in light of what's called the Babylonian captivity. Now, if you remember and know a little bit about the Jewish people back in the Old Testament, they were a stiff-necked and stubborn people. They were a lazy people. Guess what? They're sort of like me and sort of like you and me because we're all selfish, and that causes us to be lazy, stiff-necked, and stubborn sometimes. Would you be willing to admit that? 
I will. Well, unfortunately, that's not the way to be godly people. And so in the Old Testament, you know that God dealt mightily with these Jewish people as he does today with us. And through the Babylonian Empire and a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar, he used the Babylonians and Nebuchadnezzar to discipline his people. And they had to go into captivity in Babylon for between 60 and 80 years. Well, this right here in Haggai is after a king by the Assyrian king by the name of Darius, uh, excuse me, Cyrus, freed them from Babylon and allowed them to go back to Jerusalem. Now, what did they do when they went back to Jerusalem? Remember, Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed the town. We know from Nehemiah that we studied a few months ago that the walls were burned. The gates were burned. Well, so was the temple destroyed, the house of God. And now they went back to Jerusalem to do what? To build the house of God? No. <laughs> they didn't do that. Because they went back and they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Because they went back, and we're going to find out here that they paid attention to their own houses. Remember personal preferences? They wanted to do what they wanted to do. And so now we have Jewish people coming back from the Babylonian captivity in Jerusalem, and God wanted them to rebuild the temple. And that was not what they were doing. But this all happened in the 520s, 587. Now it's time for them to be back to rebuild the temple, and they're not doing that. So it says, in this second year of King Darius, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Haggai was a prophet. He was a spokesman of God. That's a great statement. I want to be a spokesman of God. I don't know that I would call myself a prophet, but I do want to be and hope that I am a spokesman of God. And so the Lord came the, through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. Now, those I think I got the pronunciation right in that, but I'll check with others of you. Verse 2 says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Now, this is what the Lord says. He says, these people who, the Jewish people, the Israelites, these people say, the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. Now, wait. Whose house is it? But who's saying this about the Lord's house? The people. Maybe they were wrong. Maybe you and I are wrong sometimes because it says here, this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Oh, my goodness. We're about to change the, the, the script because these people say that it's not time for God's temple to be rebuilt here in Jerusalem. But now the word of the Lord comes through Haggai and what does it say there in verse 3? Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. 
Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your own paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Oh, me. He's saying you're paying attention to your own houses and you're not paying attention to my house. Now, I want you to take this personally. I'm going to take it personally. I've been taking it personally for over 30 years because it is a constant reminder of what God says versus what Don says. Now, that's what we have to do with Scripture like this. This is not fun sometimes because this is about to be a very serious discipline and confrontation from Almighty God to these people. Now, if you and I sit back and say, boy, they were really messed up, then we're not getting the message. So I'm asking and I am telling you that I will take this personally and I ask you to take it personally. So it says, then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your own panel houses while this house, God's house, remains in ruins? Verse 5 says, now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Now, I want to stop there a moment. How many times already has it said this is what the Lord Almighty says? This chapter is full of that. Now, you want to know what God says to you and me? Pay attention to his word. Look at what is being said right here. Verse 5, now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Now, what is he about to say? Give careful thought to your ways. Give careful thought to your ways. He says, you have planted much but have harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes but you are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Now go back and read that section again. You're doing all of this, but it is not working. It is not working because it's not what God says. You're concentrating on your own selfishness. You're concentrating on your personal preferences. You are doing all of this based on your own house and not the house of God. Verse 7, this is what the Lord Almighty says. There it is again. He's repeating himself, and he goes on to say, give careful thought to your ways. Same phrase, once again, give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountain and bring down timber and build the house. Whose house? God's house, the temple. Now, let's stop a moment. We've got a house. It's a beautiful house, a beautiful building here at King's Grand Baptist Church. The first day that I was your transitional pastor, which was January 2nd, just this past, nobody else was here because it was a day off because New Year's was the day before. I came here to the office because I wanted to be here by myself to pray, to think. I spent an hour and a half walking around this beautiful house in here, in those hallways, in every classroom and every office in this building 
And I was overwhelmed with the blessings of Almighty God for this house. And I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed for this house to honor the one that has given this house, that being Almighty God, our Heavenly Father. So we have a beautiful facility for which we must be thankful. But this is not all of what we're talking about because we talk a lot about building the church. Now, is the church this building? No. This building, be thankful. Be thrilled that we have been gifted this. But this is not the church. You are the church. I am the church. We are the church. And so when we're talking about building the house today, and that is what we're talking about, we're talking about building God's house. Now, in Haggai, they were building a temple. They needed to build a building. They did not have a building. Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed it in the Babylonian captivity and siege. So yes, they needed to build the temple of Almighty God. We've got a house physical. We need to concentrate on building the house spiritually, relationally, fellowship, Bible study, worship, and all of the things that King's Grant needs. And more than that, all of the things that God's kingdom needs in this place. And so that's what we're talking about as far as building the house. But it says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Be, give careful ways to your, give careful thoughts to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build the house. Now, I want you to put something specific on that in your own mind. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber. We don't have any mountains around here. So, but what do we need to do? We need to go up into the presence of Almighty God and find out what he's saying that we need, you need, I need, all of us need in order to build the house, to build the church. And so here Haggai is saying, God is saying, so go up into the mountains and bring down timber to build a house so that, now every time you read in Scripture it says, so that, please pay closer attention. <laughs> because God's about to say something that you and I really need to pay attention to. So that I, Almighty God, may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. Amen? Do you want this house this church, this body of believers to be an honor to our Heavenly Father. I believe you do or you wouldn't even be sitting here on a rainy Sunday morning. I wouldn't be here if I did not want this place to be an honor to Almighty God. So he is saying, God is saying that he wants his house built so that he may take pleasure in it and be honored and then he goes on with more of the confrontation. He said, you expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Now, this is a statement from our Heavenly Father. And it's not a beautiful statement. Now, our Heavenly Father is beautiful, and so there's got to be beautiful purposes in this. Okay? But this is not a real easy statement from our Father. He says that... I blew it away. 
And then he says, why? Oh, my. Why did he blow it away for these people hundreds of years ago? Because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with his own house. Now, I just want that to soak in for just a little bit. Do you want to talk about priorities in our Christian faith some? Do you want to talk about what I need to do, what you need to do? Are we supposed to do what I'm supposed to do or, or well, what I think I'm supposed to do? No, we pay attention to Almighty God. We do what he leads us to do. So he says, because of my house being in ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. And my goodness, we're, I'm so sorry. But we're really good at taking care of our own stuff. We're really good at pushing our own preferences. We're really good at talking about what we need to talk about and what we need to concentrate on is what God is talking about and what he says here and what he says through Holy Spirit impressions and what he is doing to build the house here at King's Grand. God goes on to say here in this very difficult verse 10, Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, and whatever the ground produces, on men and cattle, and on the labor of your hands. Why? He says, it's because of you. And he's wanting to discipline us. Now, this is not punishment. There is a difference. This is discipline. This is our Heavenly Father disciplining these people. And if you and I need it, if you need it personally, if you need it in your family, if we need it here in our church, then we need to be confronted and be disciplined, not with individuals, but with the truth of Almighty God. Okay? But it's not easy. This is an intense confrontation from our Heavenly Father to these people here in the book of Haggai. It is intense. But what happens? Now we get to the good part. <laughs> because this part that I've just gone over is uncomfortable. But now we get to the good part in verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest... And the whole remnant of the people obeyed. Now, sit right there with that word for just a moment. Are you aware that in many places in Scripture, Almighty God and God's Word says that His main desire is for you and me to obey? In fact, I want to read something from the the first chapter of the book of Isaiah. Because in this chapter, and I didn't, I'm not going to read all this, but God says, I'm tired of all your sacrifices. I'm tired of all your empty assemblies. I'm tired of all of what you do thinking that you're honoring me. And then he goes on to say this. He said, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, 
they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like white wool. If, if you are willing and obedient. Now, if, I will tell you, I love our Heavenly Father, and He is just good all the time. But even when He's disciplining me or you, He is good. And so He's saying, your sins will be white as snow. If you are willing and obedient, then you will eat the best from the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now that, if you want to look at it later, that's in Isaiah, the first chapter, verse 18 through 20. And so God is calling for obedience. And that's what he did here in Haggai. Because he is leading the, the leaders of the people in Haggai. And Haggai himself. And it's saying the whole remnant of the people obeyed the vow the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai because the Lord God had sent him. Sent who? Haggai. Here's this man Haggai declaring the words of the Lord. And it says, and the people feared the Lord. Now let's talk about that for a second. A lot of times we talk about people fearing the Lord. And yes, it's very true that we're supposed to give the Lord reverence. We're supposed to respect and that's part of fear. But I think here it's saying fear. Because God has just said, why is all this not working for you? Because of you and the fact that you've paid attention to your own houses and your own thoughts and your own desires and not paid attention to my house. And so I think when it says here, and the people feared the Lord, I think they were afraid. Now, there is some wisdom in that for you and me. Verse 13, Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message to the, of the Lord to the people. A great four words here. Haggai is now saying to the people that the Lord is saying, I am with you, declares the Lord. Now, why is now the Lord... Before, the Lord is saying... This whole problem has been because of you. So now why is the Lord saying, I'm with you? Because now they're obedient. Now they're paying attention to Haggai and to the word of the Lord. And he's saying, now I am with you. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of people. I'm reminded right there, folks, of what we learned with Nehemiah and all those people that rebuilt the walls in 52 days. There was a sense of the whole people coming together. Listen carefully. The whole people coming together. <laughs> because it's saying right there that the spirit of the whole remnant of the people was stirred up. They came and began the work on the house of the Lord Almighty. The Spirit has stirred them up, has spoken, 
And now they're working on the house. They want now. They want now to build the house. Not to just live in their own panel houses. Not to do their own thing. Now, I've told you, and I'm, I'm sorry. I love to talk about love and joy and forgiveness. That's just basic to who I am. And that's basic to who our, our Lord is. But sometimes I need to be convicted. I need to be disciplined. I need to be challenged with absolute truth that takes me out of my selfishness. And I know you. I know human beings. I know that every one of us is selfish. That's the foundation of our sinfulness. And I know also that then when we are taken out of our sinfulness, our selfishness, and we start doing what the Lord asks us to do and shows us to do, you know what the result is? Peace. Peace. Now, if you ever need to talk to me about what I'm saying, please feel free to come and talk to me. Because this is what I'm saying from the book of Haggai. This is what the Lord is saying. And we go on to the... the and I'm just going to read this straight through. The, the section in chapter 2. Because, because of obedience, because of the people being stirred up, because of them working on and rebuilding the temple of Almighty God, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Verse 6 of chapter 2. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. Now God's about to do something big. That's what he's saying here. I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the desire of all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. What house is he talking about here in Haggai? He's talking about the new temple, the restored temple, the reconstructed temple. Solomon's temple is gone. This is the second temple that the people in Haggai are rebuilding. And he's saying, I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. Now, remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is consistent. So I have to believe based on that, that since we're here in this place, with this church, with this house, meaning the church, the people, I am believing, I am saying, I am praying, and we are working on the fact that he is going to rebuild this house. I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. Let me say something. I know for a fact, I know for a fact, that King's Grant Baptist Church has been a mighty, powerful house of God. I was here 40-plus years ago. I was with Jerry Holcomb 40-plus years ago. My wife and I taught a Sunday school class here, and it was amazing in the power of Almighty God in this place. And I know we have struggled. 
But right here, I'm claiming a promise. It says that the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. Do you understand what he's saying? Now, if I'm right, this is a statement for this church. Hallelujah for what we have been. I'm thrilled for what this place has been. But I am believing and preaching to you right now that the glory of this house, this present house, will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will declare and present and nurture and give what? Peace. Do you want peace? <laughs> I want peace because that is God's plan. I want peace because that is God's nature. I want peace because that is good for you. It's good for me. But more than that, it is wonderful and good for God's kingdom. I don't want chaos. You know who's in charge of chaos? Satan. Absolutely. He loves chaos. I don't. And so I'm thankful for Haggai. I'm thankful for God's word. I'm thankful for God's gift of peace. I'm thankful for the fact that when we pay attention to him, he has now, once again, as he does many, many, many times, he has promised us that he will produce peace in his house. Amen? Let's pray. I'm just going to ask everybody, just in a time of prayer. We're just going to be silent for two or three minutes. I just want you to think about what God is saying. Not what Pastor Don says, not what others say, not what any chaos indicates, not what, but what does God say about building this house? I'm thrilled that the people were stirred up 2,500 years ago and built the house of God in Jerusalem. But I will be more thrilled and God will be thrilled as we here in this place build this house. So I just want you to pray. I just want you to... I'm going to stop talking. I want you to pay attention to what God has said. I want you to think about what you can do, what I can do, what all of us can do together to build this house. Just silent. But please put your mind, your prayer thoughts, your heart, your spirit into the hands of your Heavenly Father right now. Father, I believe, I believe, I believe that these people want so much to honor you to be obedient, 
committed, dedicated, sacrificial. I know that's why they're here right now. I know why this, that's why this church exists right now. Because we believe in you. Now we confess, like the people of the Old Testament, the people of the New Testament, that we, we struggle sometimes. We are selfish. We are sinful. Sometimes we're lazy. Sometimes we just want it our own way. And we confess that to you, Father, as sin. Our commitment in even being here is because we know that you are almighty God and we are not. And we pray earnestly that as you speak to us, as you show us the way, as you lead the leadership of this church, the people of this church, that you bring us together in unity and in joy and in love and in peacefulness. What a great thought, Father. And it's a great thought for you because you love us and your discipline is for us. You convict, you teach, you challenge us because you know how we're to be. And you know sometimes we have trouble getting there. We pray for your ways. We pray for your word. We pray for your truth. We pray for your will for us individually and in our families and in this church family. Because then we know that you have promised and we believe you, Father. You have promised that there will be peace. So we submit ourselves to you in obedience and in commitment and in dedication for you and your kingdom. And we thank you that we can. And we pray in the wonderful, the beautiful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, before I turn things over to Brother Scott, I always want you to think about what you're going to do with all this. I th I'm committing to you and the Lord that I'm thinking about what I'm going to do with all this. In other words, this is a time for decision. We like making decisions in the Baptist church. Yes. Now, if there's anybody here that doesn't understand about the person and the belief and the love and the freedom of Jesus Christ, I want you to come and talk to me today or talk to Scott or talk to one of our deacons or talk to somebody in your Sunday school class. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is real. But more than that, I know, I imagine that 99.9% .9 of you sitting here believe in Jesus Christ. Yes, hallelujah, but I want you and me to live like we believe in him, to be his people and to be his church. And then it's just going to be glorious. That's what, that's what this whole story is about. So please pray, think, and decide what you individually 
are going to do with God's word here.